1 Chronicles chapter 2. These are the sons of Israel. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Dan, Joseph, Benjamin, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. The sons of Judah, Ur, Onan, and Shelah, which three were born to him of Shua's daughter, the Canaanitess. Ur, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in Yahweh's sight, and he killed him. Tamar, his daughter-in-law, bore him Perez and Zerah. All the sons of Judah were five. The sons of Perez, Hezron and Hamel. The sons of Zerah, Zimri, Ethan, Heman, Calcol and Zerah. Five of them in all. The son of Kami, Achar, the troubler of Israel who committed a trespass in the devoted thing. The son of Ethan, Azariah. The sons also of Hezron who were born to him. Jerah, Meal, Ram, and Shulabai. Ram became the father of Aminadab, and Aminadab became the father of Nashon, prince of the children of Judah. And Nashon became the father of Salma, and Salma became the father of Boaz. And Boaz became the father of Obed, and Obed became the father of Jesse. And Jesse became the father of his firstborn, Eliab, and Abinadab the second, and Shimea the third. Nethanel the fourth, Radai the fifth, Ozem the sixth, David the seventh, and their sisters were Zeruiah and Abigail. The sons of Zeruiah, Abishai, Joab, and Azahel, three. Abigail bore Amasa, and the father of Amasa was Jetha the Ishmaelite. Caleb, the son of Hezron, became the father of the children of Azubah, his wife, and of Jerioth, and these were her sons, Jesha, Shobab, and Ardon. Azubah died, and Caleb married Ephrath, who bore him Hur. Hur became the father of Uri, and Uri became the father of Bezalel. Afterward, Hezron went into the daughter of Machia, the father of Gilead, whom he took as a wife when he was sixty years old, and she bore him Segub. Segub became the father of Jair, who had twenty-three cities in the land of Gilead. Jeshur and Aram took the towns of Jair from them, with Kenath and its villages, even sixty cities. All these were the sons of Machir, the father of Gilead. After Hezron died in Caleb Ephratah, Abijah, Hezron's wife, bore him Ashur, the father of Tekoa. The sons of Jeremiel, the firstborn of Hezron, were Ram the firstborn, Buna, Oren, Ozem, and Hahijah. Jeremiel had another wife, whose name was Atara. She was the mother of Onam. The sons of Ram, the firstborn of Jeremiel, were Maaz, Jamin, and Ekah. The sons of Onam were Shammai and Jada. The sons of Shammai, Nadab, and Abishur. The name of the wife of Abishur was Abihail, and she bore him Arban and Molid. The sons of Nadab, Seled, and Apaim. But Seled died without children. The son of Apaim, Ishi. The son of Ishi, Shishan. The son of Shishan, Ahalai, the son of Jada, the brother of Shammai, Jetha, and Jonathan, and Jetha died without children. The sons of Jonathan, Peleth and Zazar, these were the sons of Jeremiel. Now Shishan had no sons but daughters. Shishan had a servant, an Egyptian, whose name was Jehar. Shishan gave his daughter to Jehar, his servant as wife, and she bore him Atai. Atai became the father of Nathan, and Nathan became the father of Zabad, and Zabad became the father of Ephlal, and Ephlal became the father of Obed, and Obed became the father of Jehu, and Jehu became the father of Azariah, and Azariah became the father of Helez, 
and Helez became the father of Eleazar, and Eleazar became the father of Sismai, and Sismai became the father of Shalom. And Shalom became the father of Jachamiah, and Jachamiah became the father of Elishama. The sons of Caleb, the brother of Jeremiah, were Misha his firstborn, who was the father of Ziph, and the sons of Marashah, the father of Hebron. The sons of Hebron, Korah, Tapua, Regum, and Shema. Shema became the father of Raham, the father of Jorkiam, and Rechem became the father of Shammai. The son of Shammai was Maon, and Maon was the father of Beth Zuah. Ephah, Caleb's concubine, bore Haran, Moza, and Gazaz. The sons of Jadai, Regem, Jothan, Jishan, Pelet, Ephah, and Sha'af. Makah, Caleb's concubine, bore Sheba and Tohana. She bore also Shaaf, the father of Medmanah, Shiva, the father of Machbenah, and the father of Gibeah, the daughter of Caleb, was Aksar. These were the sons of Caleb, the son of Hur, the firstborn of Ephratah, Shobal, the father of Kiriath-Jerim, Salmah, the father of Bethlehem, Haref, the father of Beth-Gadiah, Shobal, the father of Kiriath-Jerim, had sons, Haroah, half of the Menahoth, the families of Kiriath-Jerim, the Ithrites, the Puthites, the Shumathites, and the Mithraites, and from them came the Zorathites and the Eshtaelites, the sons of Salma, Bethlehem, the Netophathites, Athroth, Beth, Jaob, and half the Manathites, the Zorites. The families of scribes who lived at Jabez, the Tirathites, the Shimeathites, and the Sukathites. These are the Kenites who came from Hamath, the father of the house of Rechab. <laughs> I hope you were able to hang in there through all of that. Spare a thought for me trying to pronounce all those names. And um, you gotta, you got to just go with it. So, the book of Chronicles, the first nine chapters, is full of these genealogies, and there's name after name after name you've never heard of before. Now, it's not quite that bad, um, because, you know, there are some names we've heard of before. For example, it started out with the, the sons of Israel, that's Jacob, and it lists his sons. You know, we've heard of all of them before. And so we've got these patches all the way through the genealogies, which are just the same as what we've seen in other parts of the Bible, and that's great. But then we've got these huge big patches of genealogies of names. Like in this, in this chapter, we have all the names from verse 25 through to 41. That's like a bunch of names, the son of the sons of Caleb of Jerahamiel. We have no idea about any of these people. You don't find them anywhere else in the rest of the Bible. Who are all these people? What are they doing here? Um, it, it just causes us to ask a lot of questions. And um, I'm going to talk a little bit later about, in one of the other chapters that's coming up, why I think there's so many names here that you'd, you'd have to say to yourself, well, what's the point? You know, here we are living in the 21st century. Who cares? <laughs> well, it turns out that there was what, what seems to be some good reasons to have all these names here. We'll get to talk about that in later. But there's a really good question that we need to ask, and it is, who is the author of the Book of Chronicles? Who wrote this book, and uh, when did they write it? Now, I always thought that the book was written by Ezra the scribe. Now, we haven't got to the Book of Ezra yet, so we're going to go through First Chronicles, Second Chronicles, and then Ezra, and then Nehemiah, and then Esther. And when we get to Esther, we'll finish all the historical books of the Bible. So we've got five historical books to go before we get into the... Um, 
you know, the, the Proverbs and, and some of the wisdom writing, and then after that we're gonna get into all the prophets. So we've got five historical books to go, and Ezra is two books away. When we get to Ezra, he's a character we haven't met yet. Well, some people think, and a lot of people in church history have thought that Ezra wrote the book of First and Second Chronicles. And I, um, I don't know for sure that he did, and I have a reason for thinking that, and it's in the next chapter. And one of the commentators I read pointed this out, and I always thought Ezra just must have been the author because of, you know, I've read that before. But one of the commentators I was reading pointed out that in chapter three, which we haven't got to yet, some of the genealogies go past the time of Ezra. So there's a point where the, the genealogies go six complete generations after the exile. So you know, two chapters ago, we were talking about how Babylon, the Babylonian army came, destroyed Jerusalem, and took everyone away into exile, and they were gone for 70 years. During that time, there was at least two generations. But in 1 Chronicles 3, they're talking about six generations after the exile. So this is like more than 100 years after that again. Well, Ezra, he came back to Jerusalem at the end of the exile, like after that 70 years. So it's he could not possibly have written the whole of the scroll of chronicles he could have written some of it but he could not have written all of it because there are some things right there in that chapter three which would only have been known by people who lived at least 160 years after him so there you go <laughs> so i guess no one knows for sure who wrote the book of chronicles but it, it's it's someone as we go through you're going to see it's someone who had a really a real heart for the lord someone who understood the history of Israel really well, someone who was, and they also had access to a lot of biblical information because they're taking information from the book of Genesis and other places. And there's also stories out of in here that we don't get from other parts of the Bible. They're only found here. So they've, whoever it is, is someone who really had the hand of the Lord was on them, but we don't know who they are. And so that person we call the chronicler. Now, the person who wrote the book of Chronicles, the chronicler. And when did they write it? Well, they wrote it at least about six generations after the children of Israel went into exile. And an average generation is around about 40 years. So we're looking at about 200 to 240 years, give or take, let's say 200 years after the exile. So we're looking at maybe the earliest is probably 400 BC, which is around about the time when the end of the Old Testament happens. The, the book of Malachi is around about that 400 BC. So we're talking about at the end of the period of the prophets. So I know that's all not very detailed and specific, but we're talking about someone that's lived at the end of this whole process, someone that knew the Lord, someone that, that really understood their Bible. And this person felt that the Lord wanted them to write these things down. And they were written down for the people living at that time to help them understand what have we all been through. And I think that's one of the reasons why all these generation all these generations would have been helpful for those people now for your curiosity there's so many names we mentioned here i i remember telling you that when we were in numbers that if you because numbers was one of those patches of the bible with some boring parts just like here you know i remembered saying to you when you really study the numbers it starts to come alive and i think the same thing happens here when you study the names now I didn't have time to do this properly, so I just did a little experiment. But what I did was I just took one name. I picked a name, Elishama, and this was found in verse 
uh, where was it found? I think around about verse 40 or 41, we found the name Eli Sharma. So I picked a name and I put him into Bible Gateway and I just typed in his name and I found 17 Bible verses with this guy's name. And as I looked through all these Bible verses, I realized, huh, I think some of these Eli Sharmas are this guy. So some of them were not because there were different people that were called Eli Sharma. Like for example, King David, one of his sons was called Eli Sharma, but the guy mentioned here is a different Eli Sharma. So once you start to study, there's different ways you can go with all of this. You can look at the meaning of the people's names, but then you can start searching the entire Bible for the names of these people and start seeing where, where else they pop up. And once you start doing that process, you start to piece together bits of information and the chapter starts to come alive. Now, who has time for it? Well, most people don't. And that's why most people just skim through a chapter like this or th through these nine chapters like this just to get to the stories, which holds their interest a bit better. But I think what I realize is that if someone, I think you could even spend your entire life just digging into these nine chapters and the, bringing the Bible alive just in these nine chapters. So I searched Eli Sharma, I found 17 verses, and I found one in 2 Kings 25, 25 that talks about the grandson of Ishmael who murdered the governor of Judah, Gedaliah. Well, I think it's this, I think it's the grandson of this, Eli Sharma, right here. So this is an example of a little connection that might possibly be there. And if I had more time, I would love to dig into it, but I've got the rest of the Bible to get to. So I just, you know, I know within myself that there's no part of the Bible that's just there for no reason. We've got these nine entire chapters of genealogies here and the Lord intended for them to be here. And it would be interesting for someone to do a PhD on these nine chapters and just spend years researching these nine chapters for the benefit of the rest of the world. And I think that there would be treasures that would come out of it. But for now, let's just appreciate <laughs> that uh, the knowledge that there's treasures here, even if we don't know what they are. And um, I'll just finish with this one thought. Right at the end of this chapter, there was a mention of a man called Rechab, R-E-C-H-A-B, Rechab or Rechab. In Jeremiah chapter 35, verse one to two, this is what the Lord said to Jeremiah. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord during the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, go to the Rechabite family. See, we're just talking about Rechab, and he's now sending Jeremiah to the family of the Rechabites, and invite them to come to one of the side rooms of the house of the Lord, and give them wine to drink. Now, this particular family, this guy Rechab, he decided never to touch wine. But in Jeremiah 35, the Lord does a test. He invites some descendants of Rechab and offers them wine, and they say, oh no, we can't drink wine. Our family doesn't do that. And they're so careful to follow the rules that their you know, ancestor, Rechab, had laid down. And uh, the Lord used that little as an example to say, look at these guys, they're following what they've been told by their ancestor, but you, people of Judah, you don't follow what I'm telling you. So there's an example of um, you know, a name that we've just had pop up in this chapter that is referenced elsewhere in the Bible, and there's actually interesting things to say about it. Lord, we want to thank you for the book of Chronicles. Thank you for all these genealogies. I thank you that there's a lot in there, but we have no idea. And I thank you, Lord, that's just like you. Lord, you created a universe with billions and trillions of stars. We will never know even the names of more than just a handful. And yet, 
It's all a testament to your glory. And I thank you for these nine chapters as a witness of all you've done in history. I thank you, Lord. You're in control. You have a plan. We appreciate you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name.